They actually seem to believe that we don't know what they're doing and what their game plan is, but we do. And we're pissed because it's been our work, it's been our treasure, our blood that's done everything positive America has ever done. It's been its citizens. It hasn't been a bunch of elitist thugs who are parasites on the very system they seek to destroy. They call us deplorables, insurrectionists, domestic terrorists, even as they allow deadly drugs and countless numbers of people wanting to destroy us across our borders, even as they push vaccines that kill our children and imprison real American patriots and commit treason many times over. While we Americans are unlike any people tyrants have faced before, we know our rights, we demand our freedom and liberty, and we demand the servants of the people learn their place. Welcome to the Patriot Review, all you patriots out there. That is a little teaser for yet another project that I have on the books. I am uh, trying to to get uh, down to the point where I can start to work on some of these things and close them out. I've got, uh, of course, the documentary uh, coming up in, well, probably the end of this year. Uh, at least we'll get a start on it. And it's a six-part docuseries called High Treason may or may not know about that but that's on the books and then with this blue and the gray one this is a little bit of a departure not so much political as it is kind of paranormal so it's that should be a fun project as well so anyway welcome to the patriot review let's get into some of the stories for today number one of course kevin mccarthy quits and that is a bonus i guess you know i mean the guy, it's a its a clear signal, isn't it, that the rhinos are finished. And I don't know that um, those of McCarthy's ilk will ever understand that or understand the reason why. Uh, you know, we see Liz Cheney, I told you yesterday, talking about running for president and as if she could, as if she could even, you know, make a dent in, in Trump's lead. So these folks just don't get it. But this is a positive. We got uh, one of the other, one of the rhinos leaving, which is good. Um, then we have the media going in full meltdown over Trump's comments in the town hall. And of course, they go meltdown um, uh, you know, on a regular basis, on a daily basis when it comes to Trump. But um, he had a pre-recorded Iowa discussion with Fox News' Sean Hannity. And uh, Donald Trump was talking about intentionally provoking the mainstream media, which isn't so hard for him to do. Uh, so... The New York Times had a headline, Trump deflects question on retribution and law breaking at town hall. Uh, so they continuously misconstrue him, as the article says, and they misconstrue his remarks because they have Trump derangement syndrome. And uh, the commentator here noted, you know, that this this what Trump was talking about was was um, writing executive orders the day he comes into office to cancel out all of Biden's executive orders. And of course, when Trump does it, you know, it's uh, he's accused of being a dictator. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, excuse me. And I think that all of us agree that um, 
any president should follow the the powers that uh, he or she has based on the Constitution. And this is something that the left always gets themselves on. They they abuse they abuse the power of the office, and then when it happens in in reverse, and I don't know that Trump's abusing it, but if if there's any question at all, when we do the same thing, basically what I'm saying is they go completely ape gaga over it, and you know this is something that that it, it just seems the politicians both sides of the aisle need to take a step back and understand that what the people want is just to, for them to follow the law and to and to serve their constituents and um, that seems to be a message that's lost quite frequently all right so federal judge tosses attempt to kick trump off the swing state ballot calls it a huge waste of time yes indeed it is a huge waste of time and money uh so the article says, can someone stick a fork in John Anthony Castro, please? Because his obsession to get Donald Trump is starting to remind me of Liz Cheney's similar derangement syndrome toward the former president. It's seriously unhinged. No one knows who Castro is to begin with, yet he evidently plans to pull past Trump to win the 2024 presidential election. I say this contemplating the odds that anyone could actually catch Trump in the polls. As I pointed out uh, with Liz Cheney in a, just a few minutes ago, according to four or five thirty-eight, Trump is polling at fifty-nine point six percent, followed by Ron DeSanctimonious at twelve point seven. Um, Casper realizes it's true, which is the reason the Texas attorney continues to try to oust Trump from the ballot, filing twenty-seven lawsuits nationwide. All right, so. This uh, New Hampshire, this New Hampshire was a, the, the most recent ones, my understanding, and uh, this is just complete nonsense. Of course, he's not been convicted of anything, so uh, certainly doesn't apply and wouldn't apply. So this is just a waste of taxpayer dollars. It's just a, it's just another way to keep uh, Trump, you know, off busy and spending money and off the campaign trails. What they are aiming for, but that's just not going to happen. All right, um, another one I think that really seriously uh, upset people uh, that are law-abiding, good American patriot citizens was this whole uh, sentence of this Douglas McKay uh, for a meme about Hillary Clinton. So once again, you know, I mean, they can write plays about assassinating a sitting president. They can um, get as dirty as they want. They can lie, you know, every other sentence. And um, they seem to be, you know, above any reproach whatsoever in their own minds. Yet when a conservative puts a meme out that teases Hillary Clinton, he, gets, he ends up getting a jail sentence, which is absolutely ridiculous. And uh, the appeals court uh, saw that as well. So they have basically just said, okay, this is just bull crap. So you may recall that Mackey, also known as Ricky Vaughn, was convicted earlier this year for posting a comic meme in 2016 that told voters for Hillary Clinton to avoid lines and text Hillary to 59925, vote for Hillary and be part of history. All right. It was a joke. It was obviously a joke. If people don't know that that was a joke and thought that that was legitimate, then they shouldn't probably be voting anyway. Uh, it's just 
insanity. The Democrats were not amused, and their Justice Department said with a straight face that Mackey was involved in election interference. But um, you know, coming up with all these fictitious um, violations of the law that they try to attack Trump for, even while, for example, Biden was not covered by the Presidential Records Act, yet he uh, he had tons of records in his garage, right? Insecure garage, with, you know. And uh, and Trump did have the Presidential Records Act protections and did nothing wrong. You know, they have this continued narrative that is so blatantly obvious for anybody who's really honest about it that um, the there's no comparison. The stories have been coming out. Now, there's another one this week. Yesterday, I posted about uh, Joe Biden getting regular payments, right, when um, uh, the deal was made with Hunter Biden. And uh, so the big guy, the whole big guy uh, connection. And uh, still they're talking about and deflecting all of the Biden crime family uh, issues that have come about in the past year or so. And uh, still trying to make Trump the... The main news story, and of course the, the the left, the fascist left, of course has their propaganda arm, also called the mainstream media, all over it, and you have to seek out alternative sources, uh, whether it's online shows like this or it's conservative news sources like the Western Journal here. You know, you have to you have to find those uh, sources to talk about things as they actually are and the truth and um, you know I won't pretend that I don't have any bias because I certainly do but I want both sides to uh, and you know this is my opinion right I mean this is not this is not something that uh, you know that's that's intended to be a hard news show and that's it so you know that coming in and that's it's not the same as trying to deceive people and uh, in a lie, trying to be supposedly a neutral news source, which this is the game that, you know, the New York Times and others have played for years and, uh, you know, to our to our detriment. So uh, another story, this one is, this was a nice story. So wholesome actress Danica McKellar shares joys of her faith journey after finding Christ last year. For a long time, what actress Danica McKellar knew about Christianity wasn't very good. She had sat in a pew as a child, but what she saw of how some Christians acted led her away from the faith. I would say that that's kind of a similar experience with what I had as sitting in a, a very strict uh, Lutheran church and, and being asked, for example, in school why my family couldn't give more money for the offerings. Uh, that's an example of, you know, the... Uh, supposedly Christian church not being so Christian is what that's an example of. So, you know, one thing about Christians is that, you know, we realize that we're all sinners and that um, that that happens to show up in be our behavior sometimes, as it, as it does with any other group on the planet. Yet somehow, you know, the Christians are attacked and the FBI, as I've said many times, are sitting in Christian churches because we're called domestic terrorists. Yet if you mention Islam... Uh, you know, you remember those guys that uh, ran planes into the buildings, right? Or uh, blew up pressure cookers at the marathon, right? Or beheaded uh, uh, a receptionist in, I don't remember if it was Oklahoma, but um, somewhere like that. Anyway, the 
the the point is that you can't bring that up without being an Islamophobe. Yet, um, when we have cr- supposedly Christians acting in a non-Christian manner, you know that's that's not acceptable to say that you just have some bad actors in, in every group, and that's the truth of it. Uh, the Islam, on the other hand, is a complete uh, jihad, and that's what they believe they're supposed to do. Remember, we are the great Satan, and Israel is just the I don't know under Satan, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. But um, anyway, so it was Palm Sunday of 2022, and it was a passion play. And uh, she said it just hit her like a wave. It was immediate. It was like the Holy Spirit just flooded me, she said. And um, she said historical abuses linked to faith were really my kind of awareness of Christianity before, but her visit to the church has transformed her. So, you know, Hollywood needs more people talking about their experiences like this because um, certainly everything we're getting out of Hollywood is garbage these days, and uh, it'd be great to see more people find their faith. All right, now this one's a really cool story. This is uh, the classmates for this Israeli girl who was a captive, right? It's for seven weeks, captive of Hamas. Um, She's coming back to school, and her name is Amelia Aloni, and she completed her journeys to from the arms of evil to the arms of her kid, kindergarten classmates. So let's take let's check this out. <laughs> Shalom. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I really like that. Some we can sure learn uh, a lot of lessons from kids, can't we? I'll be right back after this short break. After we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I uh, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I let us spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was, it was just a horrific 
sight to come upon was the fact that her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our, our minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone. And as soon as we did that, the color of grace changed. And um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. We don't just need food, we need to eat food with a high nutritional value. Who wants to just survive food shortages? Let's thrive in times of adversity and lack. Optimize your daily nutrition and ensure you and your family have our two-year shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your emergency food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty. All right, we're back. We're waiting on Dr. Eric Naputi. Hopefully he jumps on quick. Uh, Good to just pivot in the meantime. There is a video that I show on occasion that has to do with the the history of our military and it's a it's meant to make a statement that we have a lot to be thankful for and that we have you know a military that has protected us uh, faithfully over time and we're facing some perilous times as you know right now with other nations and we have uh, China and Russia in particular that are um, that are worrisome and Iran is kind of the the next big one and there's a lot going on that those nations are coming together to destroy the dollar and a lot of other things. So uh, once again, you know, as our military is going woke, we have we have all these things, you know, that are foreshadowing a uh, potentially a cataclysmic future. So I like to uh, show this once in a while just because we owe those that serve a, a lot of respect and the the Vietnam veterans in particular who came back and and got spit on and everything else like I was talking yesterday, you know, are a particular example. And uh, 
we don't want that to ever happen again. And we need people, as you know, in our in our military service to to make sure that freedom doesn't get extinguished because that's kind of what we're facing here. So I'm going to show this clip and uh, hopefully Dr. Eric jumps on pretty pretty soon here. But um, take a look at this.
American Patriots. It's me, Wayne Allyn otherwise known as War. I have a very special announcement for all of you. My hit show, Wayne Allyn Raw and Unfiltered, is coming to the brand new station that's taking over the nation, Blessed News Network. God has opened a door in my life to be part of this amazing new Christian conservative network, live every night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on our channel on Roku TV. Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and streaming live on the Blessed News iPhone and Android apps. Tune in to watch me drive home the truth and dismantle the fake news narrative with big name nightly guests and exclusive interviews with all the heavy hitters you know and love. Become part of history as we make America godly again and launch the first faith-centered conservative broadcasting network where Jesus Christ is commander-in-chief of all of our stories and where truth and integrity really matter. Join me Monday through Friday on any of our platforms or on the Blessed News website, blessed.news, where you can stream all the shows for free, or you can sign up for Blessed Plus for even more access to Raw and Unfiltered with me, Wayne Allen Root, the hardest working man in show business. Thank you, and God bless America. Steel News will be joining the Blessed News Network 11 p.m. weeknights. I'm Ann Vandersteel, and I'm very excited to be a part of the programming put together by Jake Lang. Doesn't matter if he's behind bars. He's a January 6th political hero, as far as I'm concerned. And Steel News will be reporting the truth of everything happening, not only in the swamp, but around the world to help you put into context what's really going on so you can make the best decisions for you and your family. Steel News, 11 p.m. on the Blessed News Network. All right, we're back. Hope you enjoyed that little video. Um, I enjoy making things like that because it's, they're short, they're concise, they bring bring the point across, and uh, we all have a lot to be thankful for in this country. And I, I hope that uh, I know Thanksgiving is obviously passed by a couple weeks ago, but um, hope that you all had the opportunity to talk about what you're truly, truly grateful for. And certainly, the the military is something that is right up there on our, on our list, especially. In today's times, as I said, so uh, Dr. Naputi is not in the waiting room as of yet. But um, so I'll pivot again, and I'll say that we all know about you know the the true misinformation and the true uh, control, the informational control that is going on in our country and countries all over the world, and the narrative that is not the truth, but the narrative that is designed for a particular agenda such as globalism is what's really common these days and part of the part of the um, initial onslaught of destroying America in particular is the fallacy that you know the this country was founded on slavery and the whole 1619 project which has been completely debunked and uh, those sorts of attacks the attacks of the so-called in in the so-called summer of love, right? The BLM and Antifa attacks, and that uh, everywhere you turned around, there's a white supremacist and everything else, uh, which is a complete lie. As a matter of fact, as we've talked on this show, uh, Barack Obama had the greatest opportunity to make just a tremendous impact to bring races even closer together, and I would say that the race relations in this country were much, much better uh, before he came in office. And then when he came in and he started all this nonsense, you know, and um, all of a sudden the 
the criminals were the victims and everything's upside down and then we come into the summer of love as i mentioned so i thought it'd be interesting to take a look at um, the history of white slavery because as i've pointed out many times there were three whites three leaders of three countries that were white males that uh, abolished slavery first and that would be uh, france the uk and the united states and that slavery is actually still going on today we know that um, the muslims and before the crusades actually started uh, they attacked all the way over 465 years all the way from the, the middle east to the coast of spain right and um and then the crusade started with i think 11 major battles and uh you know there there's there's that uh, that focus on history that focuses on crusades and obama did that as well as if it was some sort of um you know some christian prompted um uh, genocidal type of thing and um, it, it wasn't that it was self-defense similar to the whole race uh, slavery narrative uh, slavery has been going on since the beginning of time and has not been something that is uh, you know a particular color that's always that's always uh, the victim and uh, that is just the truth of it so I wanted to, to show you this and uh, take a look at white slavery in particular here Slavery is as old as human civilization, dating back beyond recorded history, and it exists even still today. Every culture on every continent practiced some form of slavery, whether it was serfdom, indentured servitude, or collective peasantry. However, when the slave trade is mentioned, people normally think of the black African slave trade to the Western Hemisphere during the colonial period from 1500 to the mid-1800s as practiced by the European colonial powers. Estimates range from 10 to 13 million Africans being brought to the New World, with around 10 million surviving to be sold in North and South America, as well as in the Caribbean islands. Of this number, the best estimate is that 450,000 went to the British, French, and Spanish colonies in what is now the United States and Caribbean. Brazil alone received almost 5 million, the rest going to the Spanish colonies in South America. Slavery still exists in the world, yet most of the major powers ignore the fact and refuse to even acknowledge that it still exists. It is still quite active. Yet, six decades before the American Civil War, a war was fought by the United States on foreign shores to try and stop the white slave trade. What was the white slave trade? Does it still exist? Who were the Barbary Pirates? What was the result of American intervention? How did it occur and what was the aftermath? And how did nine U.S. Marines and their mercenaries make history and give birth to a legendary fighting force while also ending the white slave trade in North Africa? Hello, I'm Colin Heaton, former soldier, Marine Corps scout sniper, history professor, historian and book author, and we will answer these questions and other issues on this segment of Forgotten History.
During the late 18th and early 19th centuries, the world was on fire as France and Britain were engaged in the Napoleonic Wars, which was another series of conflicts just like the Seven Years' War, again involving every nation in Europe. The Seven Years' War was also known as the French and Indian War in the United States. Both these conflicts were fought on every continent and on every ocean and in every colony. Even during these protracted wars, the transatlantic slave trade continued. It was big business. While the European powers were destroying each other, Thomas Jefferson became the third president of the United States from March 4, 1801 to March 4, 1809, and he had several major issues to contend with. The Louisiana Purchase of 1803 from France doubled the size of the United States. The Yazoo territorial disputes in western Georgia were hotly contested. The launching of the Lewis and Clark Expedition in 1804 to explore the newly acquired country and the contested issue of slavery. In 1806, Jefferson denounced the international slave trade as a violation of human rights and called upon Congress to criminalize it. Congress responded by approving the act prohibiting importation of slaves the following year. No longer could slaves be brought from Africa, although slavery was still legal in the United States. Then there were also the rising tensions between the United States and Great Britain, which dominated the final years of Jefferson's second term, as the Royal Navy had been seizing American merchant ships and impressing sailors. However, one situation which has gone largely unnoticed in history was Jefferson being the first president to send the military overseas into direct action, the war against the Barbary pirates. For decades prior to Jefferson's accession to office, the Barbary Coast pirates of North Africa had been capturing foreign merchant and warships, stealing their valuable cargoes and enslaving crew members, while often demanding huge ransoms for their release. Many of these ships and crews were American. Before independence, American merchant ships were protected from the Barbary pirates by the naval and diplomatic influence of Great Britain, which had threatened the use of military force should their ships be molested. However, that American protection came to an end after the colonies won their independence. The Barbary pirates also attacked the coastal northern Mediterranean, launching attacks against France, Italy, and Sicily, kidnapping women as white slaves, primarily and whenever possible, notable wealthy persons and ships for ransom. In their feverish search for white women slaves, a few pirates even went as far as the coast of Iceland, raiding inland to kidnap women and bring them back to North Africa. North African slave markets thrived, as under Islamic law, known as Sharia, although fellow Muslims could not be enslaved, non-Muslims could be and were. Over a period of more than 300 years, it is estimated that one million white Europeans, to include those captured at sea as well as through land raids abroad, were enslaved. Many of these were Americans captured at sea. In 1794, in reaction to the attacks, Congress had passed a law authorizing the payment of tribute to the Barbary states. Part of that law was the Naval Act of 1794, which authorized the construction of six frigates establishing the United States Navy. By the end of the 1700s, when Jefferson was Secretary of State, the United States had concluded treaties with all of the Barbary states, the Ottoman regencies of Algiers, Tunis, and Tripoli, along with independent Morocco. When Congress authorized $80,000 for Morocco to not molest American shipping, it was considered a good deal, as it was a cost savings when compared to the loss of ships, cargo, and sailors. The Bay of Algiers, Mustafa Baba, also agreed and many American merchantmen were escorted by Portuguese warships, as Portugal also had a treaty with the Islamic States. But Jefferson was opposed to paying tribute, 
which he considered to be a modern Danegeld. When Saxon England paid the Danish Vikings not to attack, it did not work. Although Morocco and Algiers initially agreed, just weeks before Jefferson took office, Tripoli began attacking American merchant ships in an attempt to extract further tribute. Jefferson had seen enough. Jefferson tried diplomacy, and his letter to Pasha Yusuf Karamanli emphasized, our sincere desire to cultivate peace and commerce with your subjects. Pasha Karamanli, the ruler of modern-day Tunisia, felt that the Americans had insulted him by not offering to pay tribute. He threatened continued actions if not so respected. Pasha Karamanli was already at war with Sweden, having broken an existing treaty. After Sweden agreed to pay annual tribute and ransom for 131 captives, 14 Swedish merchantmen had been seized by Tripolitan Corsairs. Some of these were white women who were being transported on Swedish merchantmen, and it is not known if they were ever recovered, as the white women were rarely ransomed. They were highly prized and sold. The Pasha then declared war on the United States on May 14, 1801 by chopping down the flagpole at the American consulate in Tripoli, a direct act of war. Jefferson sent three frigates and a schooner under the command of U.S. Navy Commodore Richard Dale as a show of force and to protect U.S. ships entering the Mediterranean through the Straits of Gibraltar. Dale learned of the declaration when he reached Gibraltar on July 1, 1801. From that point, Dale's ships blocked two of the Pasha's Corsairs operating as raiders and messengers inside the harbor. Yusuf Karimanli was shocked at the American audacity. The Sultan of the Ottoman Empire, Selim III in Istanbul, was also less than amused, yet did not interfere when the Americans became involved. He had just concluded treaties with Russia and Austria and was trying to westernize his empire along western lines. This included eliminating the white slave trade, and this position was not favored by many of his subordinate regional leaders, especially in North Africa, and they launched a revolt against him and his cousin, and successor Mustafa IV had him murdered in 1807. He was not about to give up such a lucrative business. The U.S. blockades halted Barbary trade and raids with Europe, but did not stop Tripoli's trade with the other Barbary states. It did, however, incite the other rulers, who considered siding with the Pasha and they expelled their American diplomats. The United States was putting a major dent into their pirate enterprises to include the white slave trade. The possibility of Tunis, Algiers, and Morocco joining forces as a result of losing this lucrative business became a serious concern during 1802, but in 1803, Captain Edward Preble was the new American naval commander, and he was aware of the white slave trade and piracy, and he began to deal with it. On September 12, 1803, the USS Constitution arrived off the Barbary Coast to confront the Tripolitan pirates. In October 1803, the frigate USS Philadelphia ran aground and was attacked and seized, and the 307-man crew was held for ransom. In response, on February 16, 1804, a group under Navy Lieutenant Stephen Decatur slipped into Tripoli Harbor after dark, boarded and set fires that destroyed the Philadelphia. The Pasha, in response, demanded an outrageous sum and ransom for his American hostages, even threatening death if it was not paid. In 1804, Commodore Samuel Barron, aboard the USS President, took command of 11 vessels, and he had new orders. But due to illness, he handed command of the squadron to Captain John Rogers. Jefferson had again seen enough and decided to take direct and immediate action. He sent the order. Ex-Consul William Eaton, a former Army captain who used the title of General, and United States Marine Corps First Lieutenant Presley O'Bannon 
would lead a force of eight U.S. Marines and 500 mercenaries to take Derna and free any hostages. These mercenaries were Greeks from Crete, Arabs and Berbers, opposed to the regime and started on a march across the desert from Alexandria, Egypt in April 1805. Their objective was to capture the Tripolitan city of Derna. The Muslim troops were under the command of Egyptian Sheikh El Tahib, the Ottoman Empire Viceroy. William Eaton, who was overbearing and not very friendly, kept himself aloof from his men and was in overall command but leading only half the group. He had a tough job controlling the largely undisciplined mercenaries and the infighting between the Christian Greeks and Muslims, few of whom were professional soldiers, became a problem. His promises of money and loot once they took Derna was looked upon skeptically. However, O'Bannon and his eight Marines embedded with their mercenaries shared food, hardship, water, and earned their trust. O'Bannon decided to take the Muslims from Eton, exchanging them for his Greeks. The Marines built a strong fellowship by not denigrating the Islamic faith. They discussed their similarities and differences. O'Bannon also knew that many of these men had either been hostages themselves or had lost friends and family to the white slave trade. Eaton reported in May 1805, quote, Our only provisions are a handful of rice and two biscuits a day, end quote. From March 22nd to March 30th, several Arab mercenaries under the command of Sheikh Hamid El-Tahib staged mutinies. By April 8th, when he crossed the border into Libya and Tripoli, Eaton had quelled the Arab mutinies, but he could not stop the desertions. In late April, his army finally reached the port city of Bomba, some miles up the coast from Derna, where U.S. Navy warships USS Argus, Nautilus, and Hornet, with Commodore James Barron and Captain Isaac Hull, were waiting for him. Eaton received fresh supplies and the money to pay his mercenaries. Argus gave an additional cannon to the troops. On April 26th, Captain Hull's ships then opened fire and bombarded Derna's batteries for an hour. Meanwhile, Eaton divided his remaining army into two separate attacking parties. The attack began at 1445 hours, with Lieutenant O'Bannon and his Marines leading the attack with 50 inexperienced Greek gunners. Eaton's force was halted due to high volumes of enemy musket fire, but O'Bannon pushed his men through the inaccurate fire, as witnessed from the ships. Carefully interchanging his men into various ranks to fire, advance, reload, and continue the process, O'Bannon's force took the fort cannons. Eaton wounded in the left wrist would report later that O'Bannon with his Marines and Greeks had, quote, passed through a shower of musketry from the walls of houses, took possession of the battery, end quote. Eaton's forces caught up and turned the defenders' own abandoned guns against them, pushing them out of the city and into a well-placed ambush set up by O'Bannon just outside the main gate. During the entire battle, O'Bannon lost two men killed and three wounded Marines, with nine of his mercenaries killed. Eaton's losses among the Muslims is unknown. O'Bannon raised the flag over the captured city at 1600 hours. They had just defeated a force four times their number who were in a fortified defensive posture. And for the first time in American history that a flag from the United States had been raised on foreign soil. Hostages were freed and the Navy sank the pirate ships in harbor. Accurate naval fire from Argus and the other ships forced them back and Derna remained in American hands. Yusuf reluctantly signed a peace treaty on June 10, 1805, aboard the USS Constitution. The treaty granted American ships passage through the Mediterranean without further payments of tribute and freedom from harassment. This also meant joining the other European nations and halting the very active and overt white slave trade. The war was over, and so was active white slavery from North Africa. 
Marine Corps legend has it that Hammett presented O'Bannon with a Mameluke sword, a sign of prestige and power. Emboldened by this event, more European nations also increased their naval presence and resisted the Barbary pirates, stopped paying tribute, crippling their commercial trade and extortion rackets, ending their raids on southern coastal Europe, ending hostage-taking and their demand for ransoms and the white slave trade. Presley O'Bannon and his eight Marines had done the seemingly impossible, but it would not be the last time Marines were called upon to do the impossible and succeed. Simplify. We hope you enjoyed this segment of Forgotten History. Please click like and subscribe for free. And please stay tuned and be engaged and informed. Send us comments if you have questions or even show ideas. And we will respond to all requests and comments as soon as we can. Thank you. All right. I thought that was uh, quite interesting. And it's isn't it... Um... Isn't it interesting how history gets rewritten? And we've all witnessed that uh, to a great extent uh, over the past five to ten years. We're watching as you know our country is is under attack from within, and uh, this group, this globalist group, they have an agenda, and they're, they've kind of pulled a whole conglomerate of, <laughs> I guess, globalist fascists together. Whether you're talking about the environmental loons who, you know, back in the 80s said we we're going to have an ice age to today, you know, talking about uh, man-made global warming, which, you know, scientifically actually has been proven that uh, maybe could contribute about a degree, at the very most, two degrees Celsius to, to the planet's heat. And um, when we have glaciers melting, you know, on Mars and this whole... This whole pattern has more to do with, you know, the historical weather patterns, not only of our own planet, but the, the patterns that involve the sun and everything else. So anyway, the, the, the documentary there or the short film on slavery, I think, is actually something that should replace the whole white guilt forcing, you know, BS that is in, is in our school system today. And, of course, slavery is wrong no matter what race it involves but let's be honest about the true history of slavery in our world because to date we have not been honest about that at all all right i'm going to take a quick break here and be back to, for some closing thoughts for today's show hey patriots it's jeff wagner let's face it it's getting harder and harder to make ends meet it's only going to get worse. This inflation is going to continue. As a matter of fact, our dollar is in jeopardy of even existing with the crazies that want to go to the digital currency to control us all. You can go to KirkElliottPhD.com slash The Patriot Review, get all kinds of free, great information, and invest in gold and silver for your future. Our world is full of electromagnetic fields that, even though we can't see them, are affecting our bodies, our sleep, and even our ability to think clearly. The advent of 5G is only making this worse. There is an answer. Visit Fix the World by clicking the link in the Patriot Review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from EMF and 5G and even improve your sleep. Skeptical? Get the free Dangers of EMF Radiation ebook free by clicking on its direct link 
also in the show description. Here's a nutritional hack anyone can master. Replace a meal a day with our kingdom feel. Or if you're a moth in the gym, add a shake to your daily meal plan. Our unique meal shakes are balanced, low glycemic, rich in fiber, 20 grams of clean protein, essential vitamins and minerals, healthy fat, and organic fruits and vegetables. Kingdom Fuel is vegan with a complete amino acid profile. Bottom line, it's a simple start to a transformed life. No gimmicks, just results. Start today. Hey Patriots, you can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. All right, we are back. If you would like to stand up against the woke corporations that are out there taking your money and spending it and uh, to do bad... Basically, these woke corporations that are destroying America from the inside, you'd like to fight against that. Stop giving them your money. You can get great products, American-made products from a family-owned business. If you go to shop4freedom.online, it's shop4freedom.online. And as I said, you can uh, sign up, you can purchase products that are shipped right to your door. Those products are made in the United States. They're safer than a lot of the chemicals that you have in your home right now. And uh, it's just an all-around good thing to do because you are getting rid of supporting the, the woke corporations, which, of course, we know you don't support. Also, if you want to buy some uh, Zelenko products, you can go to the link that's in the show description below. And uh, you can get get your hands on some of those products for a great deal. That link is my affiliate link. And then, as, as I said, it's listed in the show description. So check that out. Dr. Zelenko, as you probably know, uh, was a very courageous man who came out and really spoke against uh, the vaccines and uh, talked about alternative ways that uh, can keep your immune system up. And here you have it. You have uh, products for for uh Adults and children as well, by the way. So click that link in the show description below and you get your hands on some of that stuff. Um, also, I wanted to just make a plug here again for my pillow products. Uh, they really are good and I really do use them. And if you haven't experienced them now, uh, now's the time to do it. There's a lot of good deals going on for Christmas right now. So check that out. You can go to mypillow.com TPR or mystore.com slash TPR, or you can simply use the code TPR if you go to the main website and um, you don't have my affiliate page there. So again, a lot of great Christmas stuff. You look at the, the roll and go anywhere, pillows $9.99, got bed sheets, which they are awesome, twenty as low as $24.98. You have the uh, pillow sale going on. 
slippers, which I own some of those. Those are awesome as well. And um, the robes, I have a the heaviest robe, which is, that thing is fantastic. If you like robes, you would, you would like that. Um, I've also got the quilt, which is awesome, and weighted blankets. So there's just a ton of stuff there that everyone can use, and it's uh, it's just a great place to go shopping. Use the code TPR for that, and you will not be disappointed. All right, one story that I've been wanting to cover and just have not um, fitted in is this one. Police warn parents about iPhone's new name drop feature. So this is multiple U.S. police departments issued alerts about a new iPhone feature that allows sharing contact information and images wirelessly between two closely held devices, warning that the feature could pose a risk to children and other vulnerable individuals. If you have an iPhone and have not done the recent patch or recent update, they've installed a feature called Name Drop. Um, so and I should say, and have done that update, they have this new feature called Name Drop. The feature allows you to easily share contact information and photos to other iPhones simply by holding the phone, cl the phones close together. The uh, Middletown Division of Police Ohio said that November 26th in on Facebook post, parents don't forget to change these settings on your child's iPhone to help keep them safe as well. So, all of us, you know, all of us parents, obviously, our, our number one most important uh, focus in our lives are our children, and that doesn't uh, that doesn't change, you know, the, the unconditional love you have for your children. So, it's a dangerous enough world out there. It's hard to control what uh, what they're what they're going on and not going on as far as phone apps go and stuff. So, you know, a lot of parents are overwhelmed by this. But here's yet another way that your children can fall victim to some some pretty nasty and uh, terrible things. So I wanted to share that with you again. The, the, uh, the, the feature is called Name Drop. So check out your children's iPhone and uh, make sure that that feature is set the way you want it set. Um, that's important to do for sure. All right. So, as you know, Dr. Eric Naputi was supposed to be here today. I don't know what happened. Things like this happen, though, frequently. And this week's been a bad week for this kind of stuff. I don't know why. But um, we march on here, and we uh, we adjust, and we, um, <laughs> we try to do what we can so that uh, you still have a good show, you still have some enjoyable things, and come away with some knowledge, and hopefully... You did that today with uh, the focus on the white slavery video and the appreciation for our military. And if you notice up front, there was a lot of the more positive stuff. So a lot of the you know the turnarounds in the court, for example, on the appeal and the Hillary Clinton meme and stuff. Um, we get doses and doses of of negative stuff and bad things happening. And the reality is we can't we can't overlook that. We can't overlook that because we have to be involved in addressing those things and and saving our country. But at the same time, it's always good to have some positive stories. So, yeah, I appreciate you, and I appreciate the fact that you watch the show. I will reschedule the doctor as soon as I can. I am uh, will probably be towards the end of December now because I'm booked up pretty good. But I will do that, and I will let you know for sure when he is back on. 
Uh, God bless you all. We will see you again tomorrow.